from where I'm standing, what is the straightest line to the earth? What is the straightest line to defending the earth? What is the straightest line to laying my hands on an object that is a threat to the earth? Turning the blade, the toxin, the bullet away from the earth. From where I'm standing here inside 10 million people, how far are my hands from doing a good thing for the earth? What is the straightest line to touching and turning and waving and pushing and shouting, stopping the violence against the earth? What is the straightest line to the earth? How close am I to the earth? Is the earth waiting for me? It's not for sale. 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 I'm telling you, democracy is not for sale. Not for sale. Not for sale. I'm telling you, democracy is not for sale. Burning with the justice ghost. Welcome to Earth Riot Radio. I'm Reverend Billy here at the Earth Church. I'm feeling it. Are you feeling it? All over me. All over me. All over me. Not for sale. Burning with the justice gold. The justice gold. Justice in my hand. Justice not in my feet. Justice not in my heart. All over me. Justice not in my hand. Justice not in my feet. Justice not in my heart. It's all over me. Feel it in my hands. Feel it in my feet. Feel it in my heart. All over me. Feel it in my hands. Feel it in my heart, feel it in my heart. Oh, hi. And so we gathered in our Earth Church, an abandoned Capital One bank branch on East 3rd Street at Low East Side Avenue in the East Village. Lower East Side, lots of Easts here, and we're on our way to the East River Park. That's what we're gathering to talk about. They are, we have a tip-off, chainsawing trees today in the park might get 50 or 60 or 70 trees downed today, but we hope to resist resist that execution. They have uh, downed about 500 trees so far. They have hundreds of trees to go in their slaughtering of this forest, this 57-acre park. And the only reason it's happening is because it's surrounded by people who don't have money. If it was a 
park like Central Park or Prospect Park that was surrounded by wealthy people, they would have a conservancy, they would have socialites, they would have people defending the park. But this, this park is vulnerable to the real estate industry that runs this city. And I'm starting to get upset. Anyway, we got dressed there. Very bright clothing, a part of our strategy. We're dressed like angry fish and sunrises and Ukrainian flags. And we start walking out towards the park, over the bridge, over the FDR expressway, descending into the park, singing the song, Earthaluya, Earthaluya, that we plan to sing today. And we can see right away that we're on time. The sun is just coming up. We're early. Things are starting to warm up. There's three pickup trucks there with workers in them, chainsaws in the back. And we go down there and get between the trees and the workers. And then we face the trees. And we ask the trees for the power to do what we hope to do. May we sing a song that blows the teeth off the chainsaws. Please be with us. That music that you make with your leaves etching the wind, making that beautiful music. May that come into our singing today. Earthaluya. Earthaluya. And we start up our song again and we face, we face the trucks again and the workers and well, there's some police now. Some police have joined them. There are about 30 of us, very brightly colored, and we're singing the Earthaluya chorus. Earthaluya. And then suddenly one of the workers starts a chainsaw. Ooh, the sound of that chainsaw. The sound of gasoline-powered violence. Yikes. May we ban those machines. Earthaluya. And the police are coming towards us. And another one of them shouts at us, you've done your bit, you've got your photo op now, go home. No, no, we're here for the duration. Earthaluya, Earthaluya, we're, we're gonna take the hit for the trees. And something's happening though, as we repeat and repeat and repeat the song, the Earthaluya, looking into the eyes of the workers and the eyes of the cops and the people with the saws, and the people with the guns. Earthaluya. Feel it in my hands, feel it in my feet, feel it in my heart, all over me. Feel it in my hands, feel it in my heart. 
Nations not for sale, not for sale, not for sale. I'm telling you, imagination's not for sale. Burning with the justice goose. Ah, oh, oh, ah, all over me. Oh, hey, hey. oh, 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 ah, burning, burning. Hello, welcome to News from the Natural World. I'm Savitri D. Two factors that play a key role in climate change, increased climate warming and elevated ozone levels, appear to have detrimental effects on soybean plant roots. Their relationship with symbiotic microorganisms in the soil and the way the plants sequester carbon. This research shows few changes to the plant shoots above ground, but some distressing results underground, including an increased inability to hold carbon that instead gets released into the atmosphere as a greenhouse gas. The wreckage of the container ship Express Pearl continues to threaten coastal waters in Sri Lanka. The Express Pearl was carrying 1,486 containers and burned for two weeks. It then sunk in early June, causing one of Sri Lanka's greatest environmental disasters. Toxins released from the ship have killed 176 turtles, 20 dolphins, and four whales. Local communities entirely dependent on fishing for their livelihoods have been ordered not to fish. Now the environment faces the threat of an oil spill, which authorities, with international assistance, are desperately trying to contain. Firearm purchases and firearm violence surged dramatically during the first five months of the COVID-19 pandemic. From March through July 2020, an estimated 4.3 million more background checks for firearm purchases occurred nationwide than would have ordinarily, an 85% increase. The total number of firearm purchases during this period was 9.3 million. From April through July 2020, there was a 27% increase in interpersonal firearm injuries, which includes firearm homicides or non-fatal firearm assault injuries. This is approximately 4,075 more injuries than would be expected for the period. Firearm violence is a significant public health problem in the United States. It is among America's leading causes of death and disability and has profound adverse social, psychological, and economic effects. The authors of this study found that states where firearm purchases went up the most showed the largest increases in firearm injuries from domestic violence. 
While humans and other animals continue to grapple with COVID-19, a new epidemic seems to have hit multiple bird species in North America. Across the United States, people have been finding dead birds. The birds appear to have been hit by a wave of mysterious illnesses since April. Ornithologists say the dead or alien aviators tend to have swollen eyes, as well as neurological issues that seem to be causing the birds to lose balance. They now think that multiple bird species have been contracting an odd illness for two months, and the illness has spread across the Midwest regions of the U.S. and into the state of Indiana. The United States Geological Survey published a report on the mysterious bird deaths in early June. Details remain hazy, but experts are trying to trace the epidemic back to its origins. Some think it could be associated with brood X cicada population. Others suspect an emerging virus. The numbers of sick birds have fallen in the past two weeks, but scientists urge people not to engage or feed the birds until more is known. And now, the sounds of extinction. The Kawaio bird. The Kawaio is included in the extinct genus of the O'o's, the Moho, within the extinct family Mohedai from the islands of Hawaii. It was previously regarded as a member of the Australo-Pacific honey eaters. The bird was endemic to the island of Kauai. It was the last surviving member of the Mohadai, which had originated over 15 to 20 million years prior during the Miocene, with the Kauai's extinction marking the only extinction of an entire avian family in modern times. The bird was among the smallest of the Hawaiian O'o's, if not the smallest, at just 7.9 inches in length. The head, wings, and tail were black. The rest of the upper parts were slaty brown. The throat and breast was black with white barring, and the central tail feathers were long. And there was a small tuft of gray feathers under the base of the wing. It was the only O'o known to have eyes with yellow irises. Like other honey-eaters, it had a sharp, slightly curved bill for sampling nectar. Its favored nectar sources were Lobelia species and the Ohio Lihau tree. This species was additionally observed foraging in lapa-lapa trees. It also ate small invertebrates and fruit. The bird was a cavity nester in the thickly forested canyons of Kauai. The species may have become extinct from a large range of problems, Polynesian rats, pigs, and mosquito-transmitted diseases. The final blow was two hurricanes coming within 10 years of each other. They destroyed many of the old trees with cavities and prohibited tree growth when the second hurricane arrived, causing the species to disappear. The bird was last sighted in 1985. And here, the sounds of the Kawaio bird. I see peace hit the talking heads like amazing facial tics. I see orangutans debating the mahogany loggers. I got to be surreal sometimes to understand. 
I see the plain truth rising like a 50s Japanese lizard. I see rec rooms devour Rupert Murdoch in front of his sons. I got to be exorcised sometimes to understand. I see new drug laws that give prosecutors no time to play with. I see the fine print open like a prison door. I got to be impossible sometimes to understand. I got to be surreal. I got to be exorcised. I got to be impossible sometimes to understand. You see, the Starbucks mermaid got her nipples back. You see, fake bohemianism swallowed by your sidewalks. You got to be surreal sometimes to understand. You see, the stock exchange paying for itself for once. You see, the CEO cannot cash his welfare check. You got to be exorcised sometimes. To understand, to understand, to understand, to understand. And now our Earth Riot interview of the week, Medea Benjamin and Ty Gaberry. These are globetrotting activists for peace. They connect peace activists in many different cultures, and they are certainly an inspiration to the Church of Stop Shopping. Medea and Tig, here we go. You are peace activists who um, uh, now hears this war that everybody knows about. Everybody knows about it, everybody's talking about it. Um, I'm just interested to know um, how, how you feel about, about suddenly this one war blows up and becomes everybody's conversation after the last 31 wars, which you protested, uh, many of them remained, remained um, out of sight, out of mind. So what's that like? You know, for myself, this is not speaking for Medea or Code Pink, myself, I've just seen so many places where people have had to run away from war zones mm. and uh, not been welcomed into countries or Europe inviting people in. Uh, and it just, it just saddens me. It saddens me greatly. So we have been trying to get the world to care about Yemen now for seven years and saying that it's the largest catastrophe. You know, it's a, it's, already an extremely poor country and has been bombed and bombed and bombed with US bombs uh, continually. And the media pays virtually no attention to it. And then we have the situation in Afghanistan where you know it went on for 20 years and now the US stealing $7 billion of Afghan money allowing the economy to just collapse uh, and people literally starve. So we have been trying to get the world to care about Yemen now for seven years and saying that it's the largest catastrophe. You know, it's, a, it's 
already an extremely poor country and has been bombed and bombed and bombed with US bombs uh, continually. And the media pays virtually no attention to it. And then we have the situation in Afghanistan where you know, it went on for 20 years and now the US stealing $7 billion of Afghan money allowing the economy to just collapse uh, and people literally starving and yet, where's the global outcry to say, hey, U.S., first you go in and bomb the heck out of them, and then you steal their money? You know, give it back. And you know, it's it's pretty much the same thing you could say. Let's, say. let's just have a dream scenario that's a horrible nightmare where uh, uh, the, the military of Russia goes into the foreign reserves at bank in Kiev somewhere and steals all their money and runs back to Russia. Would the, would, the, would the world community be going, well, I guess they've left. Everything's hunky-dory. Well, and let the so. economy collapse? No, but I think, you know, Billy, what you're getting at is um, what we feel really deeply, which is there are unfortunately lots of wars uh, going on that are ignored by the media that the American people don't know about and therefore don't care about. And we want them to care about all people. We want them to care about the Ukrainians and the horrific hardships that they are going through, facing yep. tremendous violence and fleeing by the hundreds of thousands and maybe the millions. In freezing cold weather. In freezing cold weather. Mm -hmm. And we want mm -hmm. them to care about the Yemenis and we want them to care about the Afghans and we want them to care about the Syrians and the Iraqis and, and the Libyans and Libyans mm. and oh, on and God. on. And, and it's, it really is a large problem of the media that doesn't bother to cover these wars when the US is the main aggressor of them. And uh, so it's very hard for us to build up that kind of sympathy and empathy uh, and to build the political pressure. We need to stop the wars when the majority of American people don't know, even know that they're happening. Absolutely. Absolutely. And now Deborah Whiteplume, the great Lakota political activist. In this clip, she's facing another, another panel of people from Washington, D.C., who may make a decision in which they admit a, an aggressive mining company onto, onto the land around Pine Ridge. This is a, a great teacher. Listen, listen to how she handles these intruders. Deborah Whiteplume. When we filed against Cameco, we were the first ones to challenge a uranium corporation in America in 17 years. That was 10 years ago. It's been 27 years now since anybody challenged a uranium corporation. Now this place where we stand here today is our ancestral territory. You're not the first peace commission to come out here. One came 149 years ago and negotiated the 1868 Fort Laramie Treaty, the 1851 Horse Creek Treaty with our ancestors. That treaty retained a land base and water right where we stand here today this is my people's land we call the black hills Hezapa. It, to us it's the heart of everything that is 
Now, I don't want you to let Azarga encroach on our ancestral territory. This is not just a little community of Edgemont. This is not just a little county. This is ancestral territory of the Lakota Nation, the Cheyenne Nation, the Arapaho Nation. Now, you heard about a hiccup. For us, I mean, you know, Hanford is not a hiccup. Fukushima is not a hiccup. At Kamiko, their deep disposal wells leaked. Disposal waste for four years before they found that leak. Now these mines up here, they need deep disposal wells too. You know, I don't want you to approve a permit that's gonna allow them to punch 4,000 holes through our aquifer. I don't want you to give them a permit that's gonna allow them deep disposal wells. Because as much as the industry stacks the deck, bringing specialists here on the payroll, there's still not perfect science about uranium mining. Ask the people at Fukushima. Ask the people at Hanford. Ask the people living nearby Kamiko. And they'll tell you this is a public comment period, not a time for scientists and experts to come up here and press each other with their big words. This is time for everyday people like me to come and speak to you government officials. I'm a mother, I'm a grandmother. I'm gonna be a great-grandmother in November, the first time I'm gonna be a great-grandmother. I want my Takoja Debbie's baby to come into a world where there's clean water. I want her to stand here someday as a great-grandmother, welcoming her great-grandchild into a world where there's clean water. I'm going to tell you to the Lakota people, water is our first medicine. Here we are at the end of our Earth Riot Radio for the week. And we've been all over the place. East River Park with the Stop Shopping Choir, with the police and the chainsaw workers. And, and then we uh, took the ride to Sri Lanka and points around the world with the news from the natural world. And uh, Savitri D, thank you. We went up to Hawaii with the extinct Kawaii bird. And then we talked to Medea Benjamin and to Ty Berry, the globe-trotting peace activists down in Florida. And back here in New York, we're working with the Fiery Eagles of Justice who brought us the Impossible Song. And working with William Moses and James Solomon Ben with their Justice Ghost song that recurred through the half hour. I want to thank our editor, Jason Candler, and I want to thank you for being here with us. Now, if you want the rest of Medea and Tig's interview, just an excerpt here, 
come to our website, revbilly.com slash podcasts. And there it will be, the interview in its entirety. And so, it all comes down to the lesson that Deborah White Plume gives us, which is that the Earth is a living being. And here in the sixth extinction, we have to partner with the tumultuous moment in our history when the Earth is expressing a message in all kinds of ways, sometimes tragic, sometimes a beautiful unfolding flower in the springtime. But the Earth is here with us, ready to work with us. We have to accept the, the Earth as a conscious being. earth Somebody give me an earth Do I hear an earth Amen. Amen. <laughs>